running for the touchdown. Jackpot, baby. Josh Jacobs. Welcome to the JT The Brick Show. Always exciting to play at home. We all want to play at home, and this is an unbelievable venue to play at. It's time for the JT The Brick Show. On a personal level for me, I just we can't wait to get to the game day, right? We can't wait to get on the grass. JT The Brick. Cars up underneath James. Going to fire quickly. Jackpot, baby. Touchdown, Raiders. On Raider Nation Radio, 920 AM. Here's your host, JT the Brick. Out of the gate, JT with you as we are back in Vegas. And I am back in the studio with Bobby. And we are back off bye week on Raider Nation Radio with a big game. They're all really big. All these games are big. But this is a big opportunity for the Raiders because of what happened yesterday. Yesterday in the NFL, which was a really unique day in the NFL yesterday, I think beneficial to the Raiders. And we'll get into that. Hope everybody had a great bye week. We're brought to you by Golden Entertainment. They own the Strat. They own PTs. They own Arizona Charlies. They fuel the monologue. 64-plus taverns here in Las Vegas. You know the happy hours, 5 to 7, midnight to 2. It's the best in town. Half-price drinks. They're a proud partner of the Vegas Golden Knights, who we will talk about this week. Either getting a coach or a player on Wednesday, they're telling me. Excited to get back to hockey a little bit here. But we are busy with the Raiders coming off bye week. And today, considering I've traveled the United States the last few days, traveling's hard. For those who work for a living, traveling. I'm talking truck drivers. I'm talking people that work from state to state, get on airplanes. It is tough now to travel. It is a pain in the blank to get a flight, to land on time, to show up on time. The airports I was in, I went from Vegas to John F. Kennedy International Airport, went to my sister's in New Paltz, New York, flew out of LaGuardia to Norman, Oklahoma, saw Oklahoma, great win over Texas Tech. My wife and I went and saw my son in college and flew back to Vegas just in time to go to the Fish concert last night at the MGM. Been a little bit of a whirlwind here the last 24 hours from New York to Oklahoma to here, but now completely locked in, ready for this game against the big blue wrecking crew, the Giants. And all week long, we'll have Giant guests on, we'll preview the game. And we'll see where the Raiders stand going into this next stretch of the season. I look at the next four games as the playoffs for me. If the Raiders take care of business in the next three out of four games, that's all I'm asking for, not four out of four. Didn't think they'd get off to the start they got off to. But now it's getting interesting. Now the Raiders are really in the conversation, obviously in the division, clearly in the AFC but they've got to take care of business right now. you got to take care of business right now, period. I don't know how you're going to do it. One game at a time, all the cliches you hear in sports, whatever you're comfortable with. Coach Passaccia has this team completely locked in and under control. I hope they're still enjoying their bye week. I actually don't know what their schedule is. If they're all back, I believe what's going to happen with Press conferences this week. We're just finding out I just got back into town. But the Raiders have to put on their business suit. They have to grab their lunch pail. They have to do whatever they need to do to get out there and prove that they're not an elite team. The Raiders are not an elite team. Period. They're not elite. No, we're elite. But they're a good team and could be very good if they can get some bodies back healthy, as Vinny Bonsignor put in his great column. Vinny does an amazing job. He gave us a 
complete recap of what's happened with the Raiders season now. And I'm going to be working off some of these notes here as we open up the show. But I think the key now is they've got to get healthy. They must get healthy, and they have to do it now. Incognito and good off the offensive line. Jacobs with the ankle injury in the chest and what's happened to him in the past. Darren Waller missed the Philadelphia Eagles game with an ankle injury. Trayvon Mullen, Arnett, our injured reserve list since week five. Let's go. It's time to go now. If you're hurt and you cannot play, you will never be accused of anything other than being hurt and you can't play. An injury, we can't talk about you and we hope you get better and heal. Everybody else has got to dive in right now and play their best football with this schedule coming up. We were here last year at 6-3, and three, roughly the same place we are now. Right, if I, you look at the five and two record compared to six and three, look at where the Raiders were. And last year, the Raiders—I'm not going to call it a collapse because it was COVID. It's COVID. It's different. It's different. And we were in a, um, the biggest part, and maybe you know of, of all time when it comes to football, the biggest health concern in the league's history. So when the Raiders kind of fell apart last year, I didn't look. There's a lot of guys hurt, and a lot of guys had COVID. Now this year. The guys seem to be very fortunate on the COVID front. We'll see what happens coming up by week for everyone. And then you would hope that the Raiders are getting healthier as they were able to shut some guys down, get them the treatment that they need so they can get rolling again. I mean, there are a lot of guys banged up. Mullen and Arnett joined starting linebacker Nicholas Morrow, reserve linebacker Javen White. And you look at the list here, Derek Carrier with his pack, Nick Bowers, Neck, Incognito, good. This IR is pretty full. Derrick Henry's gone for the year. How would you like that? That, that? The equivalent of Derrick Henry being gone, and I'll get to the Von Miller trade coming up on the show. What, what a blockbuster deal that is. Von Miller traded to the Rams. If you didn't catch that, that's a blockbuster. We'll get into that a little bit later on. But the Raiders now, they didn't lose Derrick Carr. They haven't lost Matt Crosby. They haven't lost their best players. They're all-stars. They're pro bowlers. Who's playing better than Derek and Max? Who? Who's playing better than Derek Carr or Max Crosby in this league? Both captains, one on offense and defense. The Raiders will go as far as Max Crosby and Derek Carr the rest of the year. Period. We're all, we're all big boys. We can talk about this, big girls. This is it now. Carr has proven that with the loss of John Gruden and the resignation, it did not stunt his growth. It did not mentally get in his head. He did not have a meltdown. He did not do anything other than be a great leader. He's passed that test. All of us knew he could pass the test, but we were never put in a situation like that before because we don't play quarterback, and he lost his coach and his mentor and the guy he's had the entire time. Carr hasn't missed a beat. He's been unique. He's playing at an MVP level. Now do it against the Giants. Do it against the Giants in the wind and the cold in a hostile environment there. Not as hostile as it used to be. I mean, Lawrence Taylor's not walking through that door. They're not going up against Bill Parcells back in the day. This is a Giant team that's one of the worst teams in football statistically, but their last game they played their best game in two years. Oh, look at that timing, huh? They played their best game. They played a night. How could the Raiders get such a break that the team who's playing tonight is the team the Raiders are playing Sunday and the Raiders are coming off a bye week? Are you kidding me? Who made that schedule up? No complaining now in the Raiders. 
The only thing that would have made it easier if the Giants were playing in Vegas, and that wouldn't happen if they were playing a West Coast or out West Monday night game. So all of this is going down as we speak. I want to hear from you. I really want to know how was your bye week? What'd you do? Seriously, a loose show today. I kept it wide open. No guests. Maybe one on the Broncos next hour on the Von Miller trade. But line it up. What'd you do during bye week? Did you get out of town? Did you have a Raider event? Did you shut down your Raider fandom and kind of recharge the batteries? What'd you do as Raider Nation? And then did you watch the games yesterday? How about that Charger loss? Oh, that was good. Oh, that was good. As everybody in Southern California are adjusting. They're adjusting their power rankings as the Chargers are on a two-game losing streak and they lost at home to the New England Patriots. It'll be interesting to see Kansas City tonight. I'm more interested in the Giants in Kansas City. I want to know what the Giants look like in Kansas City more so than I know what Kansas City looks like. Kansas City's a great team. They give the Raiders fits the last couple of years. I know Kansas City. We got to see what the Giants look like and if the Giants come out of this game banged up or not. And then the rest of the standings here as we go forward this week and the schedule. It's my job. It's my job to give you everything I got in regards to what's happening, what, what I know what's happening in the organization, what's happening with the upcoming opponent, and then test your temperature as Raider Nation. That's all I do. It's pretty simple. Cover the other team, find out what you're interested in, and make sure we get you the most Raider content with the best insiders. Got Coach Flores coming up tomorrow. Paul Gutierrez, we're back in our grid to start a new month. Best insiders in town. All of it's locked in and ready to go. But the optimism now should be sky high. It was a good time to turn the volume down. The league had some issues. I'm going to get to Roger Goodell's sound here in the open. I wanted to sign off on this because I got a lot more to say on this coming up. And then get ready for the Giants. And if you have an opinion on this game, don't wait till Thursday or Friday. Get it in now on what the Raiders need to do to hit the ground running after Monday Night Football tonight so they play well and get going again. It's a very important week, too, to hear from the Raiders on who's healthy. So we'll carry the press conferences if they fall in our time slot. I'll be interviewing the coach on Thursday. I think a lot has to do with how many guys are coming off coming off injuries, are going to be able to play, are going to suit up for this game, and how fresh are they? Because they better shut it down and got fresh. Yannick Ngakwe, Max, Josh Jacobs, Carr, I hope they turned everything off and got the hell out of here for a couple of days and said, forget football, we're going to get back in the building and we're going to have renewed energy. Because the Raider energy this year has been fantastic. In the building, with the fans, the players, they're completely engaged. Practices have been unbelievable. The guys who can get out to practice and be healthy. Now let's build on something and make it great. Cincinnati got beat by the Jets. Are you kidding me? They're coming here. Washington is a mess. They're coming here. The Giants are a mess. The Raiders are going there. And then we're looking at Cleveland. You see Cleveland play yesterday? I did. Baker Mayfield and that bunch, they were awful. The Raiders are playing Cleveland. I'm looking at, all. oh, they get Denver again without Von Miller. How's that looking? And they're getting the Chargers again. And the Chargers are starting to lose games. Chargers could have been pulling away by now, everybody. When they beat the Raiders, they had all the momentum here. Everybody was talking about the Chargers and what they were doing. Now their role is slowing a little bit. And two games with Kansas City who I've always said you're fortunate to get a sweep from them. It won't happen, most likely. You're fortunate to get a split. A split is what you want, but the way they're playing, 
way they're playing, you could be in both those games and win those two. But I'm not, I'm not running around popping my chest saying the Raiders are going to sweep the Chiefs. I think the Chiefs got a nice run in front of them. And Denver just won a big game to stay in this conversation in the West, but they just sold off. And they got a couple of good draft picks. The second and third for Von Miller is pretty good. For a vet of 11 years, we'll break down that trade coming up here in a little bit. 702-365-9200. 702-365-9200. I didn't go on vacation. I took care of some family business. I've been off the radio for a week. I don't want to wait a week to talk to you. Let's get the energy up on Monday all the way to Friday. And then Sunday we'll host the pre- and post-game show. Very early start at the M. At the M Resort Spa and Casino. That'll be a big Sunday. Yes, Bobby, coming off the Rolling Stones Saturday night into that early wake-up call. That'll be a lot of fun. Here's Chris in West Oakland. What's happening, Chris? Hey, JT. Glad you got to take care of the family business. I kind of know a little what you're up to. You're right. That kind of stuff's not a vacation, but it's still always nice to get out. My bye week pretty much consisted of taking my mom to the airport Saturday morning because she's going to Puerto Vallarta for three weeks. I, of course, can't because our season kicks off this week. So, you know, it's junior college basketball time, time to get serious. But as far as the Raiders, couldn't have had much better of a bye week. You know, you always say the joke's always with the Raiders. Well, at least they didn't lose a game. Everything that could have pretty, other than Buffalo losing, just about everything that could have gone right did for this team. You know, I know the Titans won, but they lost their best player. I wish injury on absolutely nobody, but take Derrick Henry away, and I think Ryan Tannehill is going to be the Ryan Tannehill that we saw more in Miami than we've seen the last couple of years. Cincinnati came back to earth. I, I mean, we got our the most disruptive defensive force in the AFC West, maybe besides Max Crosby at this point, got traded out of the division. It was a great day for the Raiders yesterday. So we got to build on that. Looking at the schedule ahead, like George Atkinson said, JT, you got to stack wins. And at the end of the day, they don't say how, they say how many. I don't care if we win by four touchdowns or four points. We got to go into the Giants and take care of business. Looking at this schedule, this team's got to win the games they're favored and supposed to win. Like you said, the, the, the Giants, Washington, you know, probably Denver again. Even if you split with the teams that you might win, the tougher games on the schedule, there's 12 or 13 wins to be had here this year, JT. I hope the team got healthy. I don't know what's going on with Richie Incognito, but it would sure nice to get a boost, a power blocker on the offensive line going into a possible cold-weather game. But you're right. We've been here before. It's time to build on it. We're 5-2. and two. I want to see this team about 10-3 and three in, a, you know, in, in, in another month, and then we'll take care of business in December and early January because I do believe the sky's the limit. I hope they got healthy. And as I said on the post game of the last game, it's nice to be 5-2 and two, knowing there's still plenty of things to clean up and we haven't played our, good, our best football yet. That's the sign of a good team. You build so you're playing your best football in December and January, but you're still able to win games along the way. Thank you, my friend. I'm standing out here in the rain. i got to take care of business with the guys in here. we got a tournament for uh, three days, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. Going to be a busy week, my friend. Glad to hear you back. Good job, Chris. Thanks, Chris. Appreciate it. Chris Chris is like when you own a bar. Chris is the first guy waiting outside your bar when you open the door. It's nice to know. know, He's like ready to come in. He knows what he wants. He knows what he's going to order. He's ready to go. He's first caller of the week. That sets the tone for the whole week, right? Appreciate that. Look forward to hearing from everybody this week. 702-365-9200. Have the Raiders, Chris makes a good point, has the Raiders played their best football? Oh, I don't think in a stretch of an entire game, but that 30 unanswered points, 30 unanswered against the Eagles, was really great football.
That was great football. 30 unanswered points. Offense and the defense getting off the field. I thought the win at the Steelers was a really good game. They had highlight moments against the Ravens, a very good team, and the Bronco win. Bronco win was the first game for Coach Passaccia, and the team came out and just threw Daisy Cutter bombs all over the place and blew out Denver. So are we going to see a complete game against the Giants? You know, people are talking about a trap game. What does this game mean? Their coach, Joe Judge, who I like, is highly motivated. He's a highly motivated coach. He comes from the Belichick family, and he's going to be buttoned up. Coach Passaccia grew up a Giant fan, diehard Giant fan, his family. I think Coach Passaccia, and he's not going to tell me this, but I think this game means a lot to him because he lived in the rivalry all the years with the Cowboys and the Giants, and he grew up a Giant fan. This is a big game for him, getting off that plane as the head coach of the Raiders, coming down you know, the steps of that big, big Raider airplane as the head coach where he's from. That's going to be a big game this week for him. He's got to have these guys ready to play. And the Raiders can't start off slow, and they can't let the Giants stay in the game. Giants' defense was physical in their last win. But again, we're going to get a chance to see the Giants tonight against Kansas City. So I talked about the next four games. The next four games are at Giants, Chiefs at home on Sunday night. Couldn't get a bigger game this year for the Raiders. It'll always be the biggest game of the year, even when Tom Brady was in town last year. This game with the Chiefs is the big one. That's Sunday night. So the Raiders are in a pretty good spot here because they get them at home. They get the Bengals at home. <laughs> about a week ago, about a week ago, this Bengal game didn't look good. And then I you know, saw what happened with the Jets yesterday. Bengals could put up 400 yards passing and win and beat you by two touchdowns, or they can be, get, get beat by the Jets. So we'll see where they stand. And then right after that, they play at the Cowboys on Thanksgiving. And that's going to be a brutally tough game. But the Cowboys have this Dak Prescott injury which is looming and lurking still. They didn't start him yesterday, and they beat Minnesota, a very good team because they have a very good roster. But that's later on this month. That's Thanksgiving Day. If the Raiders can get to Thanksgiving Day with wins, so the next three games, Giants, Kansas City, and Bengals, if the Raiders can win two out of those three, I know everyone's going to say, let's win them all. Okay, okay. Disney movie, let's win them all. But if they win two out of three and they go in with seven wins, and they're 7-3 and three, going into Thanksgiving, that would be tremendous. Then an opportunity after Thanksgiving to have a little extra bye week and get Washington at home, which should be a win. It better be a win. I mean, these games got to be wins if you want the Raiders to make the playoffs. 702-365-9200, Maui Raider. Start us off coming off bye week. What's happening? Hey, JT. Just enjoyed a nice, quiet weekend, trick-or-treating with the kids here on Maui. No stress. Enjoyed it. Love the Chargers loss. Would have liked to see the uh, Broncos lose. But I just want to throw a curveball into the conversation mm-hmm. about this whole thing with Gruden. I know it's kind of a second, third page now, but no one's really talking about it. No heir apparent for Mark Davis. No children. No, no one else. My heart tells me that the plan was for him to be the owner of the Raiders in the future. NFL owners caught wind of it and wanted to put the kibosh on it right away. Uh, just my little side note, wanted to get your thoughts on it. Yeah, I have no thoughts on that. I, 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 yeah, appreciate the call. I have no thoughts on that. John Gruden owning the Raiders, Mark Davis's family structure, his trust, and what he has set up. It's none of my business. I don't. The Davis family has been rock solid, rock solid in preparation of the ownership now of Mark 
and Mrs. Davis, obviously, Carol Davis, and what happens in the future with the family and the organization. But I'm going to get into Coach Gruden on the other side here and Roger Goodell's comments and what I learned when I went back east talking to people and just some general opinions I have on this because the story isn't going away. The story isn't going away. On top of that, we'll get into these NFL games from yesterday. World Series. It was nice to see that. I was uh, didn't want to be in the fish show last night as the World Series ended. That's not a good look. So uh, I got another game there. Uh, I don't root for those lying, cheating scoundrels, the Astros. But the Braves had an opportunity to close out the World Series, and they didn't do it. And I want to congratulate my good friend Jay Norvell, the head coach of Nevada football, for winning the Cannon again as Nevada football is clearly the premier program in the state of Nevada as Nevada gets to Cannon again. And UNLV, I said I'm not talking about UNLV until they win a game. I'm not. I'm not talking about them. I'm talking about Jay Norvell, my friend, former coach of the Raiders. Good friend. Wives are best friends. So I'm going to give Jay the credit for winning that game. And I know the new coach here is trying to win a game, and we're behind him. We want him to win several games, but it's not happening. And we will provide more than a minute 35 seconds to a minute of commentary whenever they win a game. If not, I cannot believe people talk more than 35 to 45 seconds on a program that can't win a game. Not here. Not here. Period. If that, same thing with the Golden Knights when they started this expansion team. If they never won, we would have talked about them a little bit. They went to the Stanley Cup their first year. We talk about them all the time on the show. All the time we talk about the Golden Knights. So that's where we stand here. Uh, When we come back, we'll get into all of this. I got the Roger Goodell sound, and I'll have opinions on everything that's coming up here. The NFL trade deadline is coming up. I'm going to throw this out this week out of respect. If there's one Raider trader, a player that you'd want to get traded, who's that player? Specific. You You can get value now. This is now sell or buy. Von Miller just ended up with the Rams. For a reason. They're all in to win the Super Bowl. Are the Raiders all in to win the Super Bowl? I think so. But do they have to make a trade? Do they have to move someone? Can they move someone? We have the NFL trade deadline. I want to know the one Raider that you would consider trading for now. And you don't go, you got to go get scientific on the pick. I don't care if it's a fourth or a fifth. Whatever guy you want to get off the books and move him and maybe get some value back to help out with one new player coming in. Who would the player be that you would move? 702-365-9200. When we're talking about the Raiders, we're talking about them with a Remy Martin cocktail. In my hand, Remy Martin came up for excellence. Carr takes it. Snap and hands it off now and running for the touchdown. Jackpot, baby. Josh Jacobs. Brent Mutzberger on the call. JT back with you. Good to be back after bye week. Got open lines for you today. We kind of kept it wide open to hear from your bye week. If you got a Raider bye week story or you were able to recalibrate, what do you do during bye week if you're a passionate, diehard Raider fan? A lot of Raider fans use it to do other things. They, they take a vacation. They go away. They, they do something just to, to know that the entire season is going to be dominated by the Raiders the rest of the way. Hopefully playoffs, too. So hopefully you enjoyed the bye week. Good to be back here 
We're thrilled to be here on Raider Nation Radio. A lot happening this week. All of our insiders are lined up. The rest of the week, we'll have Jim Flores, uh, Jim Plunkett, Tom Flores, all of our regulars jumping on in here to preview the Giants coming up. And I think the Giants, just like the Eagles and just like the Bears, they're better than their record. I think they're better than their record, and they're playing at home. But tonight's going to tell the story. A lot's going to happen tonight with the Giants. Either they're going to come out of this game really banged up, really banged up and defeated and blown out, right? Kansas City, blow them out. You know, if they beat them 30 to 7 or something big, then you wonder how the Giants fly all the way back. Off day Tuesday, they turn around, the Raiders are in their backyard, and the Raiders are coming off a bye week. They're a football team. The Jets beat Cincinnati. Anybody can beat anybody. Any time here in this league. And the Giants, I don't have the concern for the Giants that I do for the Eagles and the Bears. The only concern I have is the travel and the fact that they got to go back there and play a really early game on their body clock coming up by week. And the Raiders have been a horribly slow-starting team this year. Terribly slow-starting. They don't show up in the first quarter. they got to be ready to go on this road trip. I think they will be. All right, let me get to the Von Miller trade which is a big deal here, and this is another uh, topic, a point of action where you can call in on this. Von Miller had a brilliant career in Denver. The eight-time Pro Bowler has just been traded to the Los Angeles Rams. The Rams will send to the Broncos a second-round pick and third-round pick in 2022. The NFL draft in exchange for Miller also, they're pretty much picking up his entire salary. The Broncos will also pay $9 million of his $9.7 million base salary for the remaining nine games in the regular season. So you can look at this two ways. Let's go three. Number one, the Broncos are quitting. Getting rid of your best player. He's their best player. Now, he's past his prime or he's at the edge of his prime in his 11th year. He's not like a quarterback. He can't play 20 years. He's not a quarterback like Tom Brady. There's only so much gas left in the tank with Von Miller. But I think he's going to be motivated playing alongside Aaron Donald. They got good value for them because they got a good high picks next year for on an expiring contract. It's kind of the way you want to do business. You have a legend in your building who's going to leave for nothing. You got to get something for him. So they got something for him, and the Rams went all in. The Rams do not care about draft picks. Look at the Stafford. Look at everything they do. Jalen Ramsey, they'll get rid of all their picks to get proven, valuable players that can help them win. And this is that example of bringing Von Miller into that locker room with Aaron Donald. Oh, my God. I mean, you cannot find more leadership in the NFL in one defensive unit than Von Miller and Aaron Donald. So that's going to help those two teams in that division. But what's it do for the Raiders now? They don't have to face Von. I, I was telling a friend of mine this over the phone today when we found out about this deal. I think the three greatest players that I've ever seen against the Raiders – Against the Raiders, I've been with the Raiders my 23rd season. The two, without a doubt, are Von Miller and LaDainian Tomlinson. Those are the two greatest Raider opponents I've ever seen. And third on that list, or fourth, is Phillip Rivers. Rivers is going to the Hall of Fame. He went up and battled the Raiders as hard as anybody. He's won the most games ever against the Raider organization as an individual player. Let that sink in. Phillip Rivers has won the most games against the Raider organization, more so than any player. And those guys are going to the Hall of Fame because of what they did against the Raiders. So Von Miller, we say goodbye to him in the AFC West. He's gone. 
and that's a big deal. Von Miller was in his vehicle uh, today when one of the local reporters in Denver were able to catch up with him as he left the building. I've always been a team guy. I've always been a great teammate, and I'm, I'm going to continue to do the same thing. And you, you hope to be able to play right away? You know you yeah, were close last yeah, week? I, I was close last week. You know, I hope to be able to you know, play this week uh, versus the Titans on, on Sunday night. So. Will you always have Super Bowl 50? Will that be I always have Super Bowl 50. Um, you know, seeing the pictures when I was walking out, it just, you know, it just made me tear up, you know, but we always got, we always got Super Bowl 50. Uh, I always got Broncos country. And, um, yeah, is, keep going. Is there hope then, as this thing you saw with Peyton last week, that someday there's a bow that ties where you're Ring yeah. of Famer, Hall of Famer? 100%, that's what it's all about, for sure. Thank you, Vaughn. Thanks, the best. Thanks, Thanks. Thanks, Thanks. What a great player. What a class act. Vaughn Miller, one of the greatest to ever play. In this rivalry, in this rivalry with the Raiders, Von Miller is one of the all-time greats. I've seen him play live in Oakland. It was breathtaking to watch him in his prime, his early prime, come around the edge. You needed three guys to block him. He could beat the double team. You really had to worry about a tight end on that side and someone behind him to chip. I mean, he had a field day in some games against the Silver and Black. He is now gone. And we'll see what happens with the Broncos going forward. The Broncos got a big win yesterday. They're right where they need to be to still be in the wild card hunt in Los Angeles. Miller will join a 7-1 Rams team that is now amongst one of the favorites to get to the Super Bowl because of what's happening. The Niners won a big game. I'll get to that coming up in Chicago. And we know what's happening. Seattle won. How about that with Geno Smith? They finally won a game. Jacksonville's awful. So the NFL, uh, the NFC West is still Arizona and the Rams and that Arizona Thursday night game against Green Bay. What a finish that was down the stretch. The interception, Kyler Murray on the last play of the game, couldn't see that happening, and Aaron Rodgers got the win in that rivalry, which I think gives Green Bay the advantage. It does over Arizona when it comes to home field advantage if it comes down to that in the NFC. So a lot of movement here over the last couple of days. How did it affect you as a Raider fan? As a Raider fan, I've been on the radio for about a half hour. I already thought I'd have some fans in here ripping the Chargers on that loss. All right, so if I got to get the Chargers to wake you up, we'll do that. The Chargers just lost. That usually gets the Raider Nation going, 702-365-9200 if you want to get in. All right, I want to move to Roger Goodell. Other than people asking me how my dad's been after he just had hip replacement surgery at 83, I went back and saw him this week. And he's doing great, by the way. Really thrilled to see my dad. Had an unbelievable time with him. Just walking, getting up from hip surgery. He's completely healthy, just... Decided to do it. I wanted to be back there with them. They sold their only house they've ever had. Big transition in my family's life back east. And I was back home, and all my friends who I hang out with, all they wanted to do was ask me about Gruden and what's up with Gruden and me and what's happening with the Raiders. And there's nothing more to say. I said at the first show, we were here. John Gruden's gone. He made mistakes on email. He's out. And that, that will haunt him. That was his mistake. Very unfortunate. He's got a lot of people that love him, care for him, still would do anything for him, will do anything for him to help him get to where he needs to be down the road. And I'm sure Coach Gruden's a very confident man, and he'll figure out what's going to happen next, and I'm sure he will figure that out. But everybody's been asking me, what do I know and what do I think about this NFL investigation into the 650,000 emails that they are now covering up and they won't talk about? This is an egregious act in the history of the NFL. 
In the history of the NFL, there's not been a situation similar to this where the NFL knows that they are wrong. The NFL knows, and they know something is out there that we all want to know about, and they refuse to address it. They want to they move on from this as quickly as they can and get to Thanksgiving and have you talking about Thanksgiving football. They want this to be in the news dump file, and they want you to forget about it. And that means us here in Vegas in the Raider Nation, Oakland, Los Angeles, anyone who's been affected by the Raider organization in their life. So now we're at a point in time with the loss of John Gruden and what happened with Mark Davis where everybody wants answers. Mark Davis went to the owner's meeting. He sat down, one of the only owners who wasn't running, to the back elevator. Ooh, no one, look, look, I I can run. Hey, bodyguard, shield me. I want to get to the elevator there. Owners do that. I've been to the NFL owners' meetings. They run and hide at times. Some walk through the lobby and say, hey, you got the local beat reporters, the national beat reporters, but they keep walking. They got nothing to say. Mark Davis sat down. And Mark Davis talked about the concerns he's had with this investigation, with the Washington football team, and what has not happened since. I think that was a big moment for Mark Davis to sit down, look everyone in the eye, and tell you his concerns going forward. Whatever Mark's plan is going forward, that's his plan. He'll let us know when the time becomes available. But Roger Goodell was forced to talk about this, and I don't think it was a good moment for him because in the Washington investigation – It wasn't a written investigation. Right there is a warning sign. Who the hell was in there dictating notes? Where are the notes of those meetings? What was going on? Do we got video? Do we got cameras? Was anybody talking in those meetings? Can we see what was said? Goodell's talking about protecting the people that went on the record of this investigation. Steps were put in place to make sure it does not happen again. And so we think protecting the people that helped us get to that place, the people that unfortunately had to live through that experience, that we respect them and make sure that we protect them. Basically what he's saying there is the women involved in the Washington football cheerleader scandal, the women, the innocent victims, he's he's hiding behind them, saying that we want to protect them. When other people are saying, no, 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 we want to know what happened to those women so it never happens again. The way you protect women who were treated improperly is you tell everyone how they were treated improperly so everybody can learn from those mistakes. A six-year-old could tell you that. More from Roger Goodell on what is happening in regards to Washington, the organization, the rest of the league, and what happens next. There's certainly a public perception that in an attempt to shield the women who spoke to investigators that in the process the league has shielded an owner from full responsibility for what happened in his organization. What is your level of concern that that is the public perception of the NFL and what's the level of concern among owners? Well, I think if uh, the public understands what we did release, uh, including uh, the documents and uh, the recommendations that Beth made, all 10 of her recommendations were implemented. That was released. Uh, we summarized all of the findings that were very open about the things that were happening in that organization that we do not think meet NFL standards and should not be part of a workplace uh, in the NFL. So uh, I think we've been very open about that. Uh, I understand the media would like more transparency. I understand they would like more emails. But I think uh, from my standpoint, Uh, We've been very firm about the importance of making sure that 
we got all the information. We made it clear that there was not a workforce here in a workplace that we feel, not, excuse me, not a workforce, but a workplace environment that we feel is appropriate. Uh, so I think we achieved that. And I believe that the changes that are being made to that organization are consistent with Beth thought were necessary to make sure we did do that. So that was a big runaround. The whole runaround is why did that affect the Raiders? We understand why it affects Washington. They were subject to an investigation. They were fined, the organization. But why were the Raiders affected? Why were those emails of Coach Gruden the only ones that were leaked? They don't have an answer to that. And inside the building in New York, there are a lot of people grumbling who work within that building about what's happening going forward. A couple of more sound bites. And again, I'm playing this here on Monday because I was off last week. I didn't get a chance to do it. I wanted to make sure that this was an important part of the show today. Goodell talked about Daniel Snyder and this slap on the wrist, $10 million, and his wife got to run the organization for a year. Are you kidding me? Uh, I do think he's been held accountable for it. I think the organization has been held accountable. For and I think we did an unprecedented fine. Uh, Dan Snyder has not been involved with the organization for now almost four months. Uh, uh, and uh, we obviously are focused more on making sure the policies that they had, some of many which they put into place prior to this investigation, but also uh, coming out of it, were put into place and that they will be maintained and that we can ensure that that will happen in this organization. Okay, so basically they slapped him on the wrist for $10 million, gave control of the team to his wife, who he's in the house with every day. He's running the team. So he didn't do anything to him. $10 million, he's a multi-billionaire. So it was a slap on the wrist. It's not unprecedented because it's a slight, it's a slight fine to a multi-billionaire. So this is a low moment in NFL history, and it deeply affected the Las Vegas Raiders. And you're a fan of this team, and you should be upset about this. Last one's the most important soundbite about the report now not being released going forward because this is Mark Davis was on the record in support of the findings. John Gruden said the truth will eventually come out. They're saying this because of this comment. Based on the fact that you guys produced, you know, 250 pages on Tom Brady, 150 pages on um, on Richie Incognito, and 100 pages on Ray Rice, why is it that there isn't a written report on what happened with the Washington football team and the investigation you guys did into that? As you know, uh, there was a summary of the findings. We had an independent counsel look at that. They worked on it almost a year. I think interviewed over roughly 150 people, and I think close to 6 million documents that they worked through. But one of the important things by getting in a professional that has worked in this space was making sure that you had people who were willing to come forward, most of which wanted to do so with security and privacy and anonymity, and it would be difficult for us to do that. And that not only affects the investigation that you're going through, but it affects future investigations and the credibility of that. So when you make a promise to protect anonymity, you need to stand by that. We're very conscious of making sure that we're protecting uh, those that came forward, they were incredibly brave, incredibly open, and we respect the pain that they probably went through all over again uh, to come forward. That was a, a very high priority for us. The second would be our focus, and our focus remains, is to make sure that all our clubs uh, operate the highest levels as far as our workforce and workplace and making sure that we set the highest standards because it's an important thing for us. Another non-answer. Another non we un we're, we're aware, Mr. Commissioner, that you want to protect the women who came forward. We're aware of that. 
We'd like to know about the leaked emails of John Gruden and why it affected the Las Vegas Raiders. We know how it affected Coach Gruden. He's out. He's out. He's done. We get that. We want to know more about how it affected the Raiders and the timeline of the league, knowing that those emails were available but were not presented to John uh, to Mark Davis in June, July, and August. If that isn't one of the biggest injustices in Raider history, in the history of this organization, dating back to Al Davis, lawsuits in Los Angeles, issues with Pete Rozelle, the commissioner, Al, you know the history of Rozelle and Al Davis. You just saw the documentary, The 30 for 30. Where does this stand? It's on the Mount Rushmore of Raider injustices. It's happening now, live in real time. And fortunately, it hasn't affected the football team as a 2-0 since this news broke. It could have train wrecked the organization for the rest of the year. Could have caused upheaval in the organization, players, coaches, all of that. And the Raider players, with their professionalism, have been able to navigate through these rough waters. That's the story that no one's covering. I can only do it at the level I'm doing on the flagship station and keep you up to date with what I'm hearing, what I know, the sound bites, so you can frame your opinion here. And for those who want to move on from this, that's a fair adjustment. If you want to move on, you don't care about this, move on. But there's a lot of people who understand what's happening to Mark Davis from the league. It's a, it's a lack of respect that he should be getting from other owners who should have his back for the way his organization, he's one of the 32. He's one of the members of that proud fraternity. No one should be left and treated this way. And Mark Davis went right to New York and told people, told the commissioner, told the owners, told the press right outside. It was a great moment for Mark Davis. And for those who say, hey, JT, you're always going to say good things about Mark Davis. Look, Mark Davis has had his issues, winning, relocating. He owns everything here. I'm just giving you my opinion about this unfair moment in Raider history and how everybody's blood should be boiling if they're a real Raider fan on the disrespect that the league is giving this organization that just moved to a new market have all these transitional issues they have to deal with. Staff, building two new facilities, a stadium, and a practice facility, and a headquarters. Every COVID, everything that they have to deal with. And then here, they just came after him, and they did this to the owner that way? Complete injustice. It is not fair. I would say the same thing if this was done to the Seahawks, the Texans, the Packers, the Jaguars. I'd say it about any team. It just affects us here on this local show a little bit deeper. So I wanted to get that off the plate. Brought to you by the Henderson Hyundai Superstore. Boulder Highway in Henderson. They have the super deals you're looking for. Head on out. See Frank. It's a good time to get a car now. Before the holidays, their inventory off the charts. Let's get out to Passionate Raider. You're up next on the flagship. Hello. Good afternoon, JT. You know, it hit me this weekend, man, sitting back and watching football the reality really of everything that's gone on. And it's just crazy how this is what you're talking about today and kind of what the morning show was talking about. I didn't have time to get out this morning. I was at work. So, you know, it, it, it did. It hit my heart a little bit this weekend, you know, about John. You know, we all love John Gruden as a coach. We all love John Gruden as a man. We know that, that, that John Gruden just is just, he just fits that, that, that Raider coach mold. But, but at the same time, Things weren't he things weren't operating correctly with him at the helm at the time, and it's just so sad that everything had to happen the way it happened. 
at the timing with the way the team was playing, for the emails that come out. It's a sad situation. It's a bullcrap situation. Roger Goodell's full of you-know-what, and, and it, it's just sad that it had to happen to Gruden. But he, one thing that we, can give, that we need to keep our heads held high about, if you're mad at the man or you love the man, he put this team together that's on the field right now. This was his vision of what the Raiders are supposed to look like, what we've seen the last two games. The first three games we won, they were still they, – they were nail biters. These last two are what we as the fans have been seeking. So whatever coach can get this team to play the way they've been playing, mm-hmm. we got to move on. But we do understand that there are – John does have every, every – he, and he better take every avenue to get this, this situated because his name has been tarnished for the years and years of good work that he has done. I bullcrap with people when I talk with my friends. Everybody does. Black, white, Asian, Mexican. That's just the way it is. And for the way for the world to take and do what they just did to this man, knowing that he has coached more and, and, and not being but more African-American men than he has. The, the, I mean, come on, man. We know. We know what's up, man. That's why people, they can either be butthurt about what happened or they can realize they've been part of them conversations on yeah, the other side. Yeah, I don't want to talk about it. I appreciate your call. Again, what Coach Gruden did, he owned it. It was his mistake. He's paying for it. He will pay for it the rest of his career. And he will have legal recourse or whatever he's going to do. That's his own decision. He'll have his own counsel. But I think it's important now. I love when Congress gets involved in sports. It's a quirk of mine. Other people go nuts when I bring this up. The only way that this investigation could open up is if Congress makes it happen. Brings everybody up to the Rayburn building on Capitol Hill and says, everybody sit down, everybody put your hand up and swear you're going to tell the truth, and we'll sit down and get everybody on the record. It's the only way it's going to happen. And we said that the day after this broke. Uh, This is a potential story going to Capitol Hill. Maybe it does or not, but the Raiders, it was an injustice to the Raider organization. And we'll continue to cover this story on the flagship on Raider Nation Radio. Kenyon Drake without a fullback now. Gets the handoff, bust toward the end. Jackpot, baby! Vegas touchdown. Kenyon Drake takes it home. Like that. That's the godfather, Brent Mutzberger, who we should be having on. Looking forward to having Brent on in the next week or so. Ed Graney, Joe Fortenbaugh, other guys that I reach out to about once a month to see if they can fit in. Vinny Bonsignor. Vinny joins me once a month, and we try to fit in Lincoln Kennedy, Eric Allen. Uh, We'll have a Raider alumni this week as we gear up for the game at the Giants here coming up on Sunday as the Giants are going to play tonight on Monday Night Football. Really a tough sledding for the Giants to make them play this game. You know, the Raiders are coming off a bye week, and the Giants still haven't played. They're playing tonight, and they got to travel, and they're going to have to get treatment. And, you know, Raiders are in a good situation to play an inferior team that has struggled and to play them on the road coming off the bye week. So the Raiders, they, they, have, they get a break here. The Raiders get a break here, and they're in a pretty good spot at this point in time to take care of business and stack another win against the team that they're supposed to beat. It's all we're asking for. Beat the teams you're supposed to beat. You go to the playoffs with, the, with this remaining schedule. Fargo Raider, appreciate you waiting. Go ahead. 
Thank you for taking my call, JT. I wanted to touch on a couple points. I'll start off with the trade. I think I would talk to Mariota about a trade. I know he has a trade clause, but looking at how Winston's out for the season, Mm -hmm. I think he might like the possibility of going there. He's a mobile QE. He has a good arm. But I think for us, he's more of a liability due to his injury history. If we have to depend on him, um, if Carr were to go down, I don't like those odds. I'd rather have Peterman, who's not had any issues staying healthy. As far as uh, the the Chargers losing that game, I have not subscribed to this mentality that we're already crowning Herbert as a future Hall of Famer. Just like everybody's asked of Carr, I want to see it out of him. I don't want to just give him this title or this pedestal. I want him to prove it. Like, we've had to see it from our own quarterback. That's what I subscribe to with that. Yeah, Herbert's, biggest point here, but Herbert's, a hell, Herbert's a hell of a player. I mean, he's a great young player. He hasn't achieved what Mahomes has yet. Lamar Jackson with the MVP. This, but he is on the verge of being one of the best quarterbacks in football from here on out. And he's going to lose some games early in his career because that organization doesn't have it right. They're always making coaching changes. Guys are getting hurt. But when he starts getting on a roll with that team, I think the Chargers are going to look like when Rivers was there. And Rivers was able to win 10, 11, 12 games because he was a Pro Bowl quarterback. The Raiders are going to have to deal with Herbert for another decade, and he's going to be a problem. I could agree to that. Now, my last point I'm going to go into is the is uh, Mark Davis. He sat, He's a Raider. He sat down. He talked to the media and faced it like a man. I respect and admire him, not to mention that he had the goal to come out and say that he did not receive, neither did the other owners, a letter that the young women that came forth with this whole uh, lawsuit were there to present to them. They traveled all the way to Washington or to New York to present that letter, and they were not, they weren't given to the owners. I think that speaks volumes. And lastly, I think Goodell hiding behind the victims is beyond cowardly. The man sat there and tried to put a straight face, sweating out of every pore, trying to say that he, he didn't want to um, expose the, the whistleblowers. Like, we can't redact the files to protect their names. This is a clear hit job, and it's beyond egregious. My blood, my blood boils every time yeah. I think about it. Thanks Thank for the you call. so much, JT. Yeah, you know, a lot of people use the term, it's a hit, it's a mafia-style hit and all that. It's a little bit aggressive. No, a lot of people are using that. Everybody I talk to is kind of using that term. I'm like, I grew up in New York. I've watched all the mafia movies. I know what you're talking about. I don't feel comfortable going down that road. It is not pretty. It's not clean. And I think there's more to the story. What's interesting about this is there's much more to the story, and it will involve the Las Vegas Raiders. And how many of the owners step behind Mark Davis and support him? Or do the owners just get together and say, we're a league, we're ownership, we want to move on from something that could be ugly to our business long term? I don't know. That's why Mike Florio and some of the other journalists who are covering the story are doing a great job because they are demanding the truth. One more hour to go.